There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Welcome back, everybody, to Sex Talk. I am here with Tracy, the knower of all things. How was your weekend? You had a big weekend. I had a very big weekend. I'm one year older. Great. Not. She's 48. Oh, yeah, I'm 48 now. Never looked better. <laughs> Christ, don't even say how old I am, Kelsey. Seriously. I would never. No, don't ever say. Actually, I don't care, you know, how, how people... I've never lied about my age. I'm 61 for anyone who's listening. But I have never lied about my age, and I never will lie about my age, because why should I? Why yeah, does it matter how old I am, really? If I look like you at 61, because you literally look like you're 41, and I showed somebody a picture of you on the podcast thing, and they're like, "There's, it's not possible that woman's over 45. Well, and so, again, not only am I trying to be you in bed, but I'm trying to be you in real life, too. <laughs> it's exhausting. Yeah, well, I mean, Zoom Zoom filters do a lot of things. Now, I have to start, and that's very nice of you to say, however wrongly led you are. <laughs> now, I had, to, um, I had to read up this email that we got, which really did make me laugh. And it was the one, when, when we were talking about simultaneous orgasms, I was talking about, I think I gave the impression that vaginal orgasms were all made up because this lady says... Um, this woman says, I hate the word lady, do not want to say that. This woman says, I just listened to episode three about simultaneous orgasm and your comments about vaginal orgasms not being the real thing had me shouting at my laptop. She did do a nice smiley face, so it doesn't mean she's angry. But she says she's one of the minority of women who only orgasms through penetration. She's only had two clitoral orgasms. She said they were rubbish. She knows exactly where her hotspot is, up under her cervix, and her orgasms are proper heart-pounding, brain-stopping earthquakes of pleasure. And she says, I'm surprised to hear they're so rare because I suppose if it's so easy for you, you assume it's easy for everybody else. She also had a question which I will answer, but I, I certainly didn't mean to suggest that anyone who says they're having vaginal orgasms isn't having one. I'm just saying that sometimes I think people mistake those sort of waves of pleasure as an orgasm and when it isn't. So I certainly am not suggesting that they don't exist. And I'm very happy that you have them. But I have to say, she is very rare. Lucky girl. First of all, I love that we now have to be politically correct about people's orgasms and where we, we cannot, <laughs> we cannot dis, what is it, discriminate. If you are having vaginal orgasms, we <laughs> yes. are here for you. You are part of our group. I think that's amazing. I mean, mm. I will say it wasn't until after my marriage and after 
you know, the last five years that I even knew there was different types. I think most of us think there's only one type of orgasm. But Kelsey, there really is only one type. They all originate from the clitoris. They oh, they all do. do. Yeah, they really do. You just so. get there. So it's it's basically like the clitoris is the house, but there's a bunch of different doors you can go in to get there. Perfect. God, what a good analogy, because there is. That's exactly right. Including the back door, which we talked about last week. (laughs) Yes, no, some women say they can orgasms for anal sex. And it is all about the inner clitoris and pressure and how aroused you are and, you know, what's going on. Is it the first time with somebody? There's so many other factors that weigh into it. I swear, and I know we've got to get started, but it just blows my mind that God just put that in our body. Like, what a brilliant, Mm -hmm. what a brilliant thing. Like, here, here's a little button that Mm -hmm. can make you feel great. It's amazing. The only tool designed exclusively for pleasure. It's amazing. There is no function for the clitoris other than pleasure. Interesting. Men don't have the equivalent. Right. They knew that life was going to be harder for us. And so they're like, here, we're going to have a button that's going to make you go, ah, thank you. Yeah. Let's go now. Okay. Let's get started on our questions. First one. I've just separated from my husband and have been ostracized by my friends because I had an affair. We are the first in our group of friends to divorce. And I think it's made everyone nervous. Of course, I'm the bad person because I had the affair, but my husband and I hadn't had sex for four years. I tried over and over to talk to him and let him know I wasn't happy, but he wouldn't listen. We're young. I'm in late 30s. He's early 40s. And I don't want to live a life without sex. I don't want to tell our friends the real story because it would embarrass him. But I'm also sick and tired of being blamed for the whole thing. What should I do? Oh, man, Mm. this is something I think that I, I hear about quite a bit. Yes. And I mean, the thing is, you are too young to stay in a sexless marriage in your 30s and early 40s. And believe you me, if you haven't had sex for four years, it is not going, it's very, very unlikely to fix itself. In fact, if you haven't had one, if you've had just one year with no sex, the chances of you recommencing sex, unless you directly confront the problem, is between five and 10%. It's very, very low. It doesn't just suddenly you wake up and you go, oh my God, we forgot to have sex for a year. You've got to face confront the problem or it would be two years, three years, four years, and exactly what you just said. So it's, um, I think she's done the right thing leaving, personally. It's interesting because when you've been through times in your marriage, and I think all of us have, or your relationships where you have a dry spell, it is so awkward to get back into it. Mm, it's right. like you feel embarrassed. You, yeah, you feel just so weird. And it's funny that you can be naked with somebody for years or whatever. And then all of a sudden you stop doing that. And then the thought of starting again, you have to be like, you have to take something. Mm. You have to be drunk. You have It has to be dark. It's very hard to jump back in when you've lost that connection with somebody and you've become kind of people that just live together and you might still love each other. But it is really interesting that our brain goes like, I can't do that with that person. Like I, I can't get you, naked again. They become again. your friend. You, they become your friend. That's why you really need to, if you have got into a bit of a rut with sex, you need to force yourselves to have sex at least, at least once every two months if you're a long-term couple mm. to keep this going. Now, I think what this woman has done, I think she's hit the nail on the head where she said she's made all her friends nervous because If you're the first one in the group that leaves or has an affair, we've talked about this, it makes everybody else look at their own relationship and go, wow, you know, and people tend to fall into two camps. They either go, lucky bugger, I wish I could have an affair, or, oh my God, what am I going to do if my partner does that to me? So she's made everybody feel uncomfortable by doing this. They're either threatened or they're jealous. 
And this is why they're reacting like that. So it's it's not so much what she's done, it's the fact that it's just sent shockwaves throughout the group. And maybe it could be that they're sad because maybe, you know, they love the two of you and you know when people split up, you're never just going to see one person. You have to choose sides. It's rare that the couple remain friends. And if he's in pain, they might not like seeing him in pain. But I think she's got three options myself. I think she either talks to a friend who's the most sympathetic and says, look, you know, I know that everybody thinks I'm the bad person here, but this is the truth. My partner didn't want to have sex and I tried my absolute best to talk to him. I tried every single thing and he just wouldn't come to the party. Please don't tell anyone. You're saying that knowing damn well, of course, good luck. To. First thing but, I do, tell somebody, yeah. Of course, but you've covered yourself. So then you could say to your partner, she swore that she wouldn't say anything or he wouldn't say anything. And then you just say, you know, it takes two people. I had the affair out of desperation. It wasn't just a bit of fun. And please, can you, you know, you know, transfer, you know, convey this to people that, you know, I'm not just, the, there were two people that broke up this relationship. The next thing to do is to talk to the husband and say, are you aware that this is going on? Can you stop, you know, can you take a bit of blame here? Because we know the reason why the marriage broke up. And, you know, can you just let them know that we try, I tried very, very hard. Um, sounds like she did too, to try and get him to, to meet her halfway. And that didn't happen. And then the third thing, find new friends. Because <laughs> that happens. It really does, doesn't it? When you break up, suddenly you end up in a whole new group of people oh. for that reason sometimes. I, I mean, I feel that way in life, like when you're a couple and you're friends with couples, and I'm still friends with a lot of the couples that we had when Nate was alive, but it does shift everything because there's a dynamic that changes. It's interesting too, to me that, well, first of all, that women are having affairs now because they're out in the world. This is a new, we're the first generation that is really doing this as equally as men used to. But mm. it's funny that we don't have an ability yet to just end a end a marriage gracefully. Someone has to kind of nuclear bomb it in order to make it break up. It would be interesting if the next generation is able to say, I love you, but this isn't working. And people could gracefully unwind without having mm -hmm. to, because it, it sounds like she kind of had to pull the ripcord have the affair so she could get out of the marriage. Mm -hmm. Sounds a bit like that. I know people who've consciously uncoupled or whatever the Gwyneth well, I only All I know is Gwyneth Paltrow. I don't know anybody. <laughs> Everybody else seems to have done it very sloppily. I did it quite well, I think, with my first partner, my first husband. I forget that, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, he might not see it that way, but it was all very, it was all very amicable, I think. Yeah. But I, and I think it is possible, but I do agree with you. I think most people... I think it's very hard to leave somebody that you really like, even if you don't, if you're not in love with them. So you sort of make yourself do something that you is going to force both of you to split exactly. up, don't you? Exactly. Anyway, right. All right. Okay. Good luck with that. Good luck. Good luck with us. She's divorced. Yeah. I'm single. Please take our advice. Obviously, we're crushing <laughs> life. Good. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Okay, next question. 
Okay, this is something that everybody talks about, but we don't normally talk about it on a computer being videoed, but here we go. My husband has been watching porn featuring women ejaculating on men. He's incredibly turned on by the idea of it all and wants me to do it to him. Are these videos even real? Is female ejaculation possible? And if so, how could I make myself do it? Before we get started, Mm. I love that she's interested in this. Everyone is talking about this and there's a bunch of different names for it and I can't stand one of the names so I can't even talk about it. But is it true that men are into this and is it a pleasurable thing for women or is it just because it's something that they like? I feel like it's involuntary. I don't feel like this is something you can physically make happen. Yeah, I think you you can. can. Yeah, I think you can. First of all, the whole porn thing with buckets of, you know, when I've seen those porn videos where women are ejaculating, there's literally a bucket of of stuff coming out. No, these are not real. If women do ejaculate, they usually ejaculate about one teaspoon. It's very small. It can feel like a lot, but it's quite a small amount of fluid, right? So don't believe all that. And I think good for her for indulging his fantasy and not judging him for it. So, you know, big gold star from me. Now, what this is what we know about female ejaculation. We don't know that much about it, but we do know that it seems to happen with G-spot stimulation, so front wall stimulation. And what it is, there's sponge tissue which wraps around the urethra, which is the tube that you know, connects to the bladder and, and delivers urine from our body. So there's all this sponge tissue around the urethra. Now, the glands within this sponge tissue seem to be what produces the ejaculate that is ejaculated when females ejaculate, right? So it comes from these glands that wrap around the urethra. And if there's enough stimulation of these glands, they, they forced... They're forced to release the the sort of liquid into a duct that leads to the urethra and then it comes out of the body. So it's all tied. And this is why G-spot stimulation is always the whole people are like, is it pee? How come I feel like I want to pee? Is because it's all to do with the urethra. This is the problem, right? Where your hand up. Yes. Excuse me, teacher. Where is the G-spot again? Right. So it's the front vaginal wall. We use the term G-spot. And no one really, I mean, there isn't a G-spot. There isn't a little spot that you can press, but it's, we call it the G-spot because it's the front vaginal wall and it's just an easier way. By that, I mean the bit, if you were, it's the bit under your tummy. So that, the front bit of the wall. So look, imagine inside your vagina, aiming towards your stomach. Pull it. Okay. Because I always act like I know what people, when people are like, yeah, the G-spot. I'm like, yeah, the G-spot. I have no (laughs) clue where the G-spot is. None, but now I know. Okay. One man said to me once, yeah, I know where the G-spot is. He said, it's just at the top of her leg. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> how did you possibly get that? Anyway, so the G, now some people do feel, because they always used to say about the G-spot that you can feel this little ridged area on the front wall of the vagina. So if you put your fingers inside and you go right up towards the, curve towards the stomach, you can feel a little ridge. Now, I don't know anyone who's ever found this, but apparently if you do have that, and some women do, that is a little bit of the urethral sponge. So, of course, if you stimulate that, then, and it's it's the duct that produces the fluid, well, then it is probably going to come out. So, now, it will always feel like, if you do want to try female ejaculation, it will always feel like you're about to wee. So, you have to try it, trust that you won't, or try and ejaculate while you're sitting on the loo. That is one way around it. Now, one woman experimented with this. This is hilarious. She decided that she was sick of people saying that there's no such thing. So she took a medication that turned her urine blue and over a sheet, she peed on the sheet, right? And then she simulated herself so that she ejaculated. She was very good at ejaculating and saw that the ejaculate was either clear blue 
or had just a, a mild, a very, very, very like dab of blue in it. Now, this experiment, no control group, no one else there, just this woman reporting. Everybody was all over it in the sex world. It was like, oh, for God's sake, guys, this is just ridiculous. But they do know that ejaculate does contain traces of urine, but it's mainly prostate enzymes. There is no smell and it tastes very sweet. So there is such a thing. It's not we. How do you teach yourself, right? So all women have the sponge, but not all women can ejaculate. We know these things. We know it happens if you're incredibly aroused. I've done it once in my entire life, and it was when I, I was, was incredibly aroused. I'd had an orgasm, and then the person kept stimulating me, and it was almost uncomfortable. It was like I wanted to say, stop, right. stop, but it was actually quite nice. And then I remember just thinking, oh, my God, I just peed myself, but it wasn't. I know it wasn't pee. So that was, and that's only happened to me once, right? So it is when you're very, very, very aroused. It helps if you've got strong pelvic floor muscles too, because that pushes it out. I think too, what people don't realize that I want to make a point of, because I think it's, you talk about it all the time and you know it, but right when you think you're done, you're not done as a woman. Like that's one of the biggest things that in your forties, you start to realize. I think in your twenties and thirties, you have an orgasm, you're done, you check it off the list. You actually consider that like a great sexual experience because at least for this time you had an orgasm. Mm, But what I have learned, (laughs) yeah, exactly. What I have learned is we have a lot more in us, which is so typical for women. We have a lot more in us than we think. And so when you think you're done, you're not. And so I think what's happening is maybe more and more women are staying with it, staying with whatever mm. whatever position they're in, whatever motion they're in, and they're finding that there is more to give or feel if you don't back away so quickly. So I think that is, yeah, it's a really good point. And that, so that, if you keep on going, that is the, you know, one thing that's going to make this happen. If you push out during a G-spot orgasm, when you feel this peeing sensation, don't hold in and try and hold it in, push out. And also, if you, most women ejaculate on orgasm, by the way, they do seem to be interacted. Now, if you're using a toy or a vibe or a finger, take your finger off or the toy out when the person, or when you orgasm, because then it allows the fluid to come out, right? And I would definitely say, use a G-spot vibe. That's, it's, it's the easiest way you're going to teach yourself because it's almost like a learned thing. You know, when you orgasm for the first time, you're like, oh, okay, so that's what I'm aiming for. This is something you can do on your own or with a partner. It's, it's sort of like bent the right way. It's a very easy way to stimulate that area. So that would be my advice is to try with a G-spot vibe first. I feel like we need to do this podcast with video where you're teaching with a diagram because <laughs> I'm trying to follow it, but it's, it, we've got a lot of work to do. So good luck, my friend. I hope that you female ejaculate. Everyone has goals for mm. 2022. I think with that, it's one of those things where it's good to aim for it and try it. Why not? But don't, please don't. When this first came out, everybody was like, oh, there's something wrong with me. I can't ejaculate. Well, some women seem to be able to and some can't. So just try it as a bit of a kink. and Just Just so you know, I have have zero desire to do that. That's in my zero Mm. desire bucket is that. I just, it doesn't, I don't, I don't, I don't it want felt anything. It nice, actually. I mean, I'm glad it felt nice, but it just seems like a hot mess. You have, now you've got a puddle, a teaspoon worth of a puddle. <laughs> uh, no, no, thank you. But anyway, I'm here for it. All right. Last question. Maybe a teaspoon. <laughs> a teaspoon. I want to buy <laughs> something. is more than a teaspoon. I don't think that's quite right. It's whatever. Well, it's probably different for everybody. Mm. Anyway, we'll dig into that later. All right. Last question. I want to buy something for my wife for her birthday, which will improve our sex life, but not cause her to feel awkward. She's quite conservative sexually, though was up for anything at the start. It's hard for men to know what's welcome and what's going to offend. With lingerie, for instance, do you buy her true size or a size smaller if she thinks she's fat? 
and she can change it later. Hold on a minute. (laughs) Wait a second. We went from wanting to spice up her sex life to deciding what if he was going to make her feel fat. Help me. With the lingerie thing. I think men really struggle with lingerie. But do you know what? Before we even talk, I'm going to talk about things you can buy for partners, but I think when men say improve their sex life, it generally means they want more sex, right? And how how much improvement does this sex life need? Because if you are in a relationship, if he's in a relationship with his wife or his partner and the sex life is really dire and it's now got to the point where they're at a bit of a standoff about it, buying her a present is not a good idea. It's not going to solve it. It might be a good place to start a conversation, but it's actually probably going to make it worse. So the good time to buy a sex toy is when you're in a bit of a rut, you're both talking about it, you know, and you're not, no one's really uptight. You're not in that free zone because if you buy her a present and it isn't that free, zone it is not going to go down well let me tell you the other thing I think is don't ever make the sex present the main present I think it's nice as part of the present but don't ever make it as the main present I really wouldn't do that yeah I it's interesting I I was not what percentage of guys are really into lingerie I feel like there's some guys I feel like guys are in two different buckets some who are very visually stimulated those are people who like you to wear lingerie they like to watch porn with you they like to see girls with fake boobs. And then there's the other guy who that stuff doesn't matter as much. There's more of like the connection or they don't need the visual hits as much. They're not, they don't watch as much porn. They don't want you, like my husband would have had me standing in stilettos and lingerie for most of my life. He was a I very- think most men would like you, you standing in lingerie <laughs> heels. Kelsey, I do think that most men like lingerie. I think men are visual. I think you get you get past it, but I think this. I mean, I think a bit of good lingerie often it's one of those cliches that actually does work because it makes if it's well cut and flattery, it makes her feel good, and men it's like a look. I've made an effort for you. Yeah, yeah. It's and just so itchy. That, it's so itchy. Oh, I know. Well, my point exactly. And we were watching a show the other night that had a woman that who bought her this red lingerie and I thought oh my god and she just threw it at him and I thought don't buy red what is this with men buying women red lingerie I don't know any woman who likes wearing it's from, red it's lingerie. from porn it's from porn and also exactly. I don't want all those straps you know like no. if there's a lot of hooks and straps I mean I don't have time for that I just no. don't I'm not going to spend 15 minutes you know looking like I'm going paintballing in a <laughs> like I don't want to be latching a bunch of things so no and I it's think you flattering. And I it's think you should get her the appropriate size. Don't get her a size smaller so that when she puts it on, it's mm. so tight. I think so. And also, what does she usually wear would be my advice with lingerie. Is she in for comfort or is she in for show? If she's in for comfort, there is sexy lingerie out there that's comfortable, but you need to go into a shop. You need to go into like a department store and say, right, I want to buy my wife some lingerie. I don't want it to be tacky. I want it to be a good fabric. I want it to be flattering. Here's the part of her body she likes the most. Here's the part she likes the least. She tends to wear black lingerie. She tends to wear, and just see what he comes up with. And yeah, and if you are worried about the sizing, you can always say, oh, they told me to get this size because it comes up a little bit small. So they said to go one size up. Dicey. Good good to get out. (laughs) No, that's good. Some present ideas that are unlikely to offend because it is coming up to Christmas. And I was thinking, you know, you can't, you've got to be careful with sex toys. You, You really have to be careful. So if you're in a new relationship or you weren't sure about your partner's reaction, 
Things like massage oil, you're really not going to go wrong with that. What about an erotic book, like an erotic classic, like late, you know, depending on what your partner's into, like Lady Chatterley's Love, or you can get these great, the good, one of them's called The Good Bits or The Nasty Bits, and they're, they're the naughty bits out of books all in one book. And they, you can get lots of stuff like that. A sexy coffee table book is something that I've always loved. Helmut Newton, you could get, there's a great um, photographer called Ellen von Unworth. She does beautiful, stylish, classy, sort of sexy sort of shot type stuff. You could get a sex game that's fun. I'm not a huge fan of sex games, but, you know, that's sort of a non-offensive present. Orgasm gel, moving slightly up the other end. Literally. <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) orgasm gel is literally gel that you put on the genitals that's usually got some kind of stimulant in it i do one in my range it's got arginine and menthol and it intensifies sensation it's actually surprisingly nice and effective it feels quite good it just sort of makes everything feel more alive i would strongly recommend that actually for her you could do a high-end clitoral vibe one of those ones that fits into the palm of your hand that doesn't look like a vibrator it's you could not get anything less offensive. It's not phallic looking. It just almost looks like, um, they're called Lalo is the shape. That's the brand also, but all the click vibes tend to follow that sort of shape. And it's just sort of flat, almost like a, what would you call it? It's like a mitt. It like fits in your hand, like a little, like a a disc. It's like a disc. Yeah. A sort of shaped disc. You could buy a cute vibrator. You can get rubber duckies that float in the bath that vibrate. Yeah, you could get little cute little rabbit ears. They're quite nice. So non-offensive, non-phallic type things that look very stylish. And also I still think a bondage tie-up kit's a good idea but because... Can I wait to get to that? I, I mean, I, I cannot and wait. And the Velcro one and awesome cuffling. I'm cuff, I'm handcuffs, not cufflinks. I mean, <laughs> handcuffs <laughs> would be good. Or... Glass dildos, they're very beautiful. You can use them for massaging, you can roll them over, you can insert them there. And some of them are so beautiful, you just want to leave them out. They're absolutely gorgeous to look at. I would like so that. I was I was just wondering what to put in my bookshelf. I'm gonna have just glass, <laughs> glass dildos. dildos. They're That's, beautiful. God, they're, the, they're some of my other best sellers. One's like a pale pink and one's um a clear white. And they are really, really beautiful. And they there's they're great because you can use them for temperature play, for role play, for all sorts of things. Now for him, if you want to buy him a toy, I just have one rule. It can't be anything that suggests that he's going to be bigger, last longer, or be harder. Because anything criticizing his erection, no, forget it. But those Maybe are the stroke those, is good. Those are the three things we're looking for though. Bigger, harder, and longer. It's unfortunate. Not necessarily. That's no, I'm not kidding. True. I'm kidding. Sort it's of. not bigger if you if sex That's is true. painful for you. No, or you just got a small, naturally small vagina. So a penis ring is a good good present for him, something he wears on the base of his penis. It's got a little vibrator feet to work on your clitoris. And a male masturbator, like a fun stroker, male masturbatory sleeve, which is a silicone sleeve. But other than that, unless you know him well, that's about the extent of it for men, I think. Okay. Well, We've got we've covered a lot from divorce to women ejaculating and to your Christmas list for 2022. But I think that's it. I think I hope that we answered the questions and hope everybody's having fun out there. It's fall. I feel like now's the time to get in bed and get cozy. Mm. If I could just find the person that I really want to do that with, it's going to be amazing. But yeah, this is the I think this is <laughs> the will. season to try things. Buckle up, warm up and do your thing. So, anything else, Trace? No, that's good advice. Yeah, and so good luck to everybody with all those questions, but especially the man who wrote in, please don't buy the present unless, just only buy it if the sex life is okay and just needs a bit of a ramp up, but not if you're in dire straits. It will not go down well, let me tell you. 
Got it. All, All right. right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.